Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I want you to take your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of John. The book of John, chapter 11. Need to ask for Sister Katie. She stepped out. There she is. I, I started to ask Sister Katie when she got that revelation. I was going to see who got it first, so we could say it. That see who was more spiritual. But uh, <laughs> Amen. I'm amazed at how God is moving. God is definitely speaking uh, a word to this church, to those that come. God is definitely speaking a word. And, and uh, I believe this morning that you are here today and God brought you here this morning. doesn't matter if you're a regular attender or not. I believe that God brought you here today for you to receive and hear uh, the word and this word. I believe is going to touch your life and it's in John chapter 11 uh, Sister Katie read the scriptures already I mean, she's already read the scriptures and uh, but I'm going to just read one scripture John chapter 11 and verse 44 uh, God spoke spoke to me about this the first part of last week and, and I've just been thinking about it and meditating on it and uh, the Lord began to deal with me about uh, people that are still in the grave clothes. And God said, I want to take the grave clothes off of my people. I want to get the grave clothes off of people's lives so that they can be free to worship me. John chapter 11 and verse 44. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. We thank you this morning that, Father, that God, the worlds as we know it were framed by your word. So, Father, today, God, we know that if you framed the world out of chaos, out of disorder, and you brought order to it, you brought light into darkness through your word. We know that wherever we are today and whatever we're going through, that, Father, you can frame our situation with your word. So, Father, we receive this morning the engrafted, the powerful, the creating, uh, creative power of your word into our lives today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. Now, just in case you're not familiar with this story, Jesus uh, was called in the first part of John chapter 11 uh, about a friend named Lazarus that was sick. And uh, the Bible says that Jesus uh, and his disciples, they tarried. Uh, for, for a couple of days before uh, they moved uh, or went to where uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus lived. Mary and Martha were Lazarus' sisters, and uh, they went there, and by the time that uh, Jesus arrived at, at Martha and Mary's house, the Bible says that Lazarus had, had already passed away, he had already died and had, and had been dead for around four days when Jesus arrived on the scene. All throughout this story, you'll see where the disciples, where Martha and others didn't really catch what Jesus was doing. They didn't really catch what was going on in the spirit. But the Bible says that uh, Jesus had told them that I am the resurrection and the life. 
and uh, Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, and uh, and we're gonna we're we're gonna get into this. Uh, I want to tell you this that that in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we talked about this a few weeks ago on Wednesday night. But in <clears throat> from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, the Bible records about ten different times where people were raised from the dead. Uh, in the Old Testament, there's about three different times where uh, people were raised from the dead. They had died, uh, and Elijah and Elisha, the prophets, uh, prayed, and God brought them back to life. In the New Testament, we find about seven different occasions where uh, people had died, and Jesus or or Paul, or, or the, one of the apostles, uh, prayed for them, and God restored life to them and brought them back uh, to life. But uh, the difference in there, that was resurrection. In all ten cases, the body was resurrected from the grave or from death, but the difference between them and the resurrection of Jesus is this. All ten of those men or women uh, died again. Not a one of them. Not, not one out of the ten uh, lived forever. They all died again. But the thing about Jesus is that when he rose from the dead, he didn't die again. He won't die again. He's alive today. So what I want us to see this morning is, is what the Lord dealt with me about that uh, on the grave clothes. The Bible says that Jesus walked up to the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus was feeling the emotion of all the people that was around, all the weeping and all the crying and the wailing, and the sadness and the sorrow. And Jesus was feeling that, but I think even deeper than that, Jesus was, was seeing the effects of sin that had that was had taken place uh, in uh, culture itself, and I believe that as Jesus stood before Lazarus' tomb that day, and the Bible says that Jesus wept, I believe all of those feelings were coming up in Jesus as he looked and he saw all of this all of this stuff going on around him, and the effect of it was sin. The Bible says that Jesus walked up to the tomb. And oh, if, if we could have been there that day when Jesus stepped up to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, roll the stone away. And Jesus stood before that tomb that day and with words of authority that probably have never been spoken like since, Jesus said, Lazarus, Come forth. Somebody said the reason that he called Lazarus by name was that if he hadn't have called him by name, every grave in the area would have busted open. You see, the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the word of Jesus when it's spoken, Jesus spoke to him. The Bible says that Lazarus, the dead man, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes on, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. The, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, talking about you and I, the Bible, Paul said this, he said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, guys, you and I, at one time or another, before Jesus came into our lives, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And those of us, those of you this morning that might be listening that have never been born again, you are walking in a spiritual death. 
you you are you are you are a dead man walking because your spirit is dead because of sin. This story of Lazarus is a picture and a beautiful picture of the power of, of Jesus when he comes into somebody's life and situation and calls and speaks and, and uh, that, that power of salvation comes in and, and that, that resurrection from a, a life of death and a life of sin uh, is broken and you come forth into a resurrected life. That was the example that we see uh, from Lazarus. When Jesus uh, went to the tomb, Lazarus was bound, and he was in the grave behind a stone uh, covering there. With Lazarus didn't have any ability to get out. Lazarus didn't have any strength to, to bring himself out of that grave. He was dead. He was bound up. He had been there for four days, and and uh, uh, and he was probably stinking by now. He didn't have any authority or any power, but you see, that's the beauty of Jesus that when you and I are in our sin and in our worst condition where we have no authority, we have no power to do anything about it, when Jesus walks up, It'll make a difference in our lives. I want you to notice about this story that there were two things that Jesus commanded men to do. Two things that Jesus commanded men to do. In verse 39 of John chapter 11, Jesus, when he walked up to the tomb, Jesus looked at the people around and said, take ye away the stone. Now you got to get this picture that in the time that Jesus was, burial took place many times in a cave, in a hewed out uh, cave in the side of a mountain that had been hewed out from rock. And they would take the body and place it in this, uh, in this cave and it would be wrapped tightly with, with uh, grave clothes that had been mixed with different spices to cut down on the smell of, of the rotting flesh. And they would put the individual in there and then they would roll a stone up to the opening of the tomb and they would seal it shut. And Jesus walked up that day. Now, he is all-powerful. There is nothing beyond his ability. He could have just reached up with a finger and moved the stone away. But he didn't do that. He commanded the people that were around to roll the stone back. The second thing that Jesus told men to do was after Lazarus came out of the tomb, in verse 44, Jesus looked at men and said, Loose him and let him go. Now, I want you to understand the significance of this. When Jesus said, Remove the stone, only I can give Jesus access to my life. You can't give Jesus access to my life for me. It is only an act of my mind and my will that gives Jesus access to my life. If you want God to do a miracle in your life, you've got to be willing to give him access into your life because there's a stony heart in each of our lives that rob us and keep us separated from God. God said to Ezekiel, the prophet, he said, there's going to be a day that I'm going to take away the stony heart from people and I'm going to give them a heart of flesh. The reason God said that was that the stony heart doesn't have the ability to receive or soak in what God wants to give it. A stony heart will remain as it is from now on until God comes in and moves in their lives. 
God said, I'm going to take away the stony heart and I'm going to give them a heart of flesh that they can receive me. So only I can allow God entrance into my life. And the life that I live after salvation, you see, when Jesus brought Lazarus out of the grave, it was a picture of salvation, of the resurrecting power that Jesus spoke into the life of an individual that was bound. The life that I live after salvation is determined not by you, but it's determined by me. You see, many people have got the idea that when they get saved, then all they've got to do is reach up and bump it in neutral and just coast along and everything else, God's going to do it and there's no responsibility on my part. God saved me. Now I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to be glad of what happened to me 30 years ago and I'm going to just coast right on through life. Everything's going to be lovely. Everything's going to be good. But I want to tell you something this morning. There are people perhaps that are here this morning that you have experienced salvation. You were the one that was laid in a tomb. You were the one that had lost all ability to help yourself. But Jesus walked up to your tomb. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to come by your way, but he chose to come by your house. And when he came by, he stopped at your place and he said, there's a dead man, there's a dead woman in that tomb. And I won't, and, and when that happened, the stone was rolled away and you opened yourself up uh, to the life-giving power that came from the mouth of Jesus when he said, Lazarus, come forth. Can you imagine? that when Jesus stood that day and said, Lazarus, come forth. Can you imagine the power of life that came out of his mouth and went into that tomb, went into that dead man's body that began to redo all the organs, that began to redo all the blood veins and all of those things, and they began to operate and work together just Lazarus come forth and the heart began to beat again and the liver began to function again and the eyes opened up. You see the power. You couldn't do it, but when Jesus stepped on the scene of your life and spoke those words, life came into you. And I want to tell you, friend, it is life. It is life. It is abundant life. Some people think that Christianity is a boredom and a, and a drag and a drudgery. You haven't met the God that I met. You haven't heard the voice of the master that I heard on that July hot night back in... Uh, too many years ago for me to remember uh, in, a, in an old-fashioned camp meeting when I was sitting there bound in my sin and in my struggles and my mess and I heard the voice of God when he spoke and said, Cornelius, come forth and life came into me. It wasn't drudgery. It wasn't uh, depression. It wasn't a battle. It was life that came into my being and everything about me came alive. Sure, it's hard to preach this message this morning, but I'm going to just go right ahead and preach it like you're not even here, okay? If you hear it, that's good, but if you don't, I'm just going to go ahead and preach it. You see, life came in. It is, it is the abundant life that God said, I want to give my people. It is joy. It is peace. Listen, uh, don't come and ask God to give you joy if you're not willing to accept salvation. Don't come and ask God to give you peace if you're not willing to accept the blood that Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary that gave you life and hope. You see, it's through that that all the rest comes. Jesus spoke 
and life came. But I want you to notice something here. When Jesus spoke and life came, that dead man raised up. Death lost its power. Death lost its grip. That that had put him in that tomb lost its authority. And he raised up. And the Bible says that he came walking out or stepping out or hopping out of the tomb. But he came out with something that he went in with. He came out with grave clothes. I was amazed, and I, and I even said, Lord, if you had the power to speak this man's name and bring him out of death to raise his body out of decomposition, or his body was, 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 was rotting and you had the power to do that, then why didn't you break the, the grave clothes off of him? And, and I believe that Holy Spirit spoke to me very plainly and said this, Son, you will be battling your flesh until you die. You will be battling your past until you die. You've got to recognize that the grave clothes are a picture or a symbol of Lazarus' past and what had bound him up and what had killed him. It was the identifying factor of why he was in that tomb. And there are people here this morning and those that will listen to this on podcast that yes, you are born again. Yes, you've been saved, but but you are still wearing the grave clothes that you were born again in. And God is saying this morning, I want you to get rid of those grave clothes. You're not walking in resurrecting power. You're not walking in the life that I want to give you because you still have those grave clothes on. I want you to notice the process. The stone was moved. God spoke. Life entered into Lazarus. The powers of chain and death, chains of death that held him captive were at once broken at the voice of Jesus. Number three, Lazarus came forth with his grave clothes on and the napkin on his face. Listen, it is when we come out of the grave, that is where we begin the walk of faith. We begin to walk in faith. We begin the process of our life in our lives of ridding ourselves of the grave clothes of yesterday. You see, friend. There, there are those that perhaps are here this morning and you walked in here today and you're carrying a weight, you're carrying depression and oppression and you're struggling. The Lord already spoke it through uh, the mouth of his servants this morning uh, that, that there are those that are here today and you're carrying stuff and you're battling with stuff. Listen, that is grave clothes, ladies and gentlemen. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with whether or not you're born again, you're still wearing your grave clothes. If you're here this morning and you're struggling and you're, you're mad and angry and frustrated at the world and all of that, recognize this morning that it's grave clothes that you're wearing today. If you're here this morning and you're battling with whether or not God loves you, then recognize that's the enemy that's trying to get grave clothes back on your life. If you're here this morning and you feel like you've been forgotten and God doesn't care about you anymore, then that's grave clothes, friend, that you're still wearing around on your back. If you're here this morning and you're mad because God didn't do something that you asked him to do, recognize today that's grave clothes that you're wearing around. Listen, the devil will do anything he can to keep grave clothes on you because as long as you are wearing those grave clothes, you can't move, you're bound up, there's a napkin on your face, you can't talk, you can't get the word 
words out. You can't get your hand up to worship because you've got those bondages and those bandages on that are binding you up. Listen, one of the biggest problems that I faced and continue to face sometimes in my life is my yesterday. My feelings of inadequacy. God could never use me. Very few times do I get down off of this stage and walk out and lay in my bed on Sunday night that I'm not laying there with my eyes wide open looking up at the ceiling saying, God, uh, I messed up. God, I didn't obey you. God, it could have been better. I should have done this. I wish I had done this. I wish I had said that. And I struggle with that many times. But listen, I've come to understand today that those things are going to be, but they don't have to stay in my life. I have to make up my mind that I'm going to change clothes, that I'm going to take off these old rags that I've had on and put on what God wants me to wear. Listen, failure to rid yourself. And I want to tell you, many people don't take their grave clothes off because it's comfort to them. I'm not talking about anybody in here. This is going to be on podcast, so I'm talking to somebody on podcast. But, but some, some folks wouldn't have anything to talk about if they couldn't talk about yesterday. You wouldn't have anything to talk about if you couldn't talk about how bad you feel. What a messed up week you've had. Listen, if we fail to rid ourselves of the grave clothes, it will result in struggle and oppression. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3 which is right below where we get Luke 4.18 from that Isaiah prophesied but in verse 3 of chapter 61 of Isaiah he said this to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning Listen to this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. The Lord spoke to me very strongly the other day that there are people here this morning that you are carrying about a spirit of heaviness. You say, Pastor, what is the spirit of heaviness? A spirit of heaviness is several different things, but one of the uh, results of a spirit of heaviness is depression and oppression. A spirit of heaviness can come upon somebody who's lost a loved one and you've not been able to get out from under that loss. You, it's been, even though it's been years ago and, and but the grieving process is still going on in your life because you haven't been able to find the healing power of God's love in that area of your life and it's a spirit of heaviness. I really believe this morning that, that when the church realizes what we've been given, or let me say it like this, that if we realized what we had been given when Jesus saved us and redeemed us, it would put a smile on our face. It would create joy in our hearts because we would recognize that I'm not bound to this world. I'm seeking a city that is yet to come. I'm looking for a place that I've not seen yet. 
I'm like the old song says, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. If we really understood who we were in Christ, then these little problems that we deal with on a daily basis would not have any power over us because we would be like Stephen. As Stephen was being stoned in the book of Acts, the Bible says as the rocks were pelting his body, he looked up and he saw the heavens open and the Son of God standing on the right hand of the throne of the Father. Let me get back to Isaiah. God was saying, I've looked down on my people and there's going to be a day that those that have been, that have been dressing in garments of heaviness, those that have been wearing the clothes of oppression and depression, God said there's going to be a day that I am going to rid them of those garments and I'm going to put upon their back a garment of praise. You see, it's like what happens many times is when I was a child and when I was a kid, coming up I didn't have telephone or iPad or anything like that as a matter of fact it's kind of depressing that the one that invented all that stuff hadn't even been born yet but I didn't have all that stuff and we lived on Dixie Landing Road in Little River and the house that we lived in was an old schoolhouse that was very high off the ground, and I spent my days during the summer under that house. There was a, there was a huge stump that was under that house, and, and I took uh, uh, Coke cans. I took uh, uh, anything I could get, sticks, or anything and I'd get under the house and I'd get around that stump and I'd tunnel around under that stump in the dirt and the sand and by evening time when I would come out from under the house I'd have tater fields all under my neck and all under my arm and everywhere else you can imagine and I would be dirty I mean I would be dirty and I'd be sweated and and, and, and I'd have dirt all over my clothes and, and all of that. And, and, and I would walk up on the porch and Mama would meet me at the door. I can still hear that old screen door squeaking open. And Mama would stand there at the door and said, Boy, don't you set foot in this house till you get all them clothes off. And, and a lot of times she would make me take all my clothes off and get me in the backyard and take the water hose and wash me off. And she had scrubbed me and washed me off and get me all clean. And I was thinking about that the other day. And, and, and it, this came to me that what many people do is they've been playing under the house. And they're all dirty and sweaty and grimy and you don't smell too good and all that. And, and you get out and you, you go and you take those dirty clothes off and, and all that. And you go in and you take your shower and you get all cleaned up and you're refreshed and, and renewed and you're smelling good and then you go back out and you get those same old clothes and put them back on I don't know who I'm talking to this morning I know I'm talking to a podcast folks but, but you need to recognize guys that when Jesus saved you you come out then you're the one that has to pray and you're the one that has to walk in faith to keep that old man from coming back on you, to keep those old thoughts and those old ideas and mindsets from coming back on you. Listen, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
but Jesus ain't going to follow, follow me around uh, with a stick beating me on the head and said, don't you do that, don't you do that, don't go there, you can't do that, I, don't you touch that. That's not the way it works. You see, I have to recognize that, that it becomes a responsibility of mine to walk in a manner that pleases God. I'm fixing to close. In the book of Genesis chapter 35 is the story of Jacob. It's always been uh, a favorite story of mine that Jacob, and you know Jacob was, he was a supplanter, he was, he was a deceiver and all that, but the Bible says that in uh, Genesis chapter 35, Jacob had come to a place in his life that, that there had to be some change. And many things had happened to him. Many things had taken place uh, in his family. Dinah, his daughter, in verse chapter 34, had gone out. The Bible says that she went out uh, to visit the daughters of the land. And that's a, that's a very strange statement that she would go out and visit the daughters of the land. But the Bible says that she went out uh, to visit the daughters of the land and uh, she met this young man whose name was Shechem. And the Bible says that, that Shechem took advantage of Dinah and he lay with her. He defiled her. So long story short, Shechem came to Jacob and some of his sons and said, you know, I want to marry Dinah. And they found out that he had defiled their sister. So as a result, some of Jacob's sons made a deal with him, wound up going into the city killing all the men. Jacob said to his sons, you've caused me to stink in the sight of the people in this land. Jacob was actually fearful that they were going to turn on him and kill him and his family. You see, Jacob was in a mess. His family was in a mess. It started with his wives taking their father's little gods and hiding them in the camel saddle. It actually didn't start there. It started a long time earlier, but it was just steadily increasing. And it was over and over and over that we see in Jacob's life where his family was following in the path of their father and getting deeper and deeper in the ruts of sin. And this was the final straw in Jacob's life. And in chapter 35 of Genesis, Jacob says this. He said, it's time for us to go back to Bethel because that's where I experienced God for the first time. That's where I met God with my head laying on a rock. God came to me at Bethel. And Jacob said, and I'm paraphrasing, ever since I left Bethel, I hadn't been doing anything but getting deeper and deeper in the hole. My family is messed up. My children are messed up. The people of the land are wanting to kill me. Everything around me is messed up. You see, what Jacob allowed to happen was he allowed the old grave clothes to get put back on his back. And he went out from under the blessing of God. But God said, Jacob, you need to go back to Bethel. The Bible says that Jacob looked at his family and he, says, he said this. He said, I want you to take off those old garments. I want you to take off all your jewelry, all the things that you picked up while we've been walking through the land. I want you to take all those things off. And the Bible says they took them off and buried them under a tree. And Jacob took his family back to Bethel, back to the house of God. 
You see, guys, there comes a time in our lives when we have to recognize that what I'm doing and what's going on in my life does not line up with God's word. Listen, God never said we wasn't going to go through some trials. He never said you wasn't going to experience some disappointments, but he did say this, that in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your trials, know this, that I will be with you. And there are those that are sitting here this morning and you feel like you've been forsaken by God, that God has turned his back on you and that you are no longer a child of God. I want to tell you this morning, you might be like Jacob and you might need to say, Lord, I'm coming back to Bethel. I'm taking off all of these old grave clothes of mine and I'm going to put on a garment of praise and I'm going to come back and I'm going to begin to worship you as you have desired for me to do. I'm going to read you this scripture and, and we're going to close. This is in Colossians chapter, one, uh, chapter 3. Listen to this. He said, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now listen to this. This is, this is the designer grave clothes that I'm fixing to read you about. He said, Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, I can't pronounce that, covetousness, which is idolatry. You know what he's saying? That's grave clothes. That's grave clothes. What did he say do with them? He said, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. In other words, God was saying, you need to, you need to deal with your flesh. You need to deal with your flesh. He said, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. Verse 7, in which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But look at verse 8. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. You know what Paul's saying? Well, those things shouldn't be. That's grave clothes. You might you might look you might feel clean on the inside, but you got the same old clothes on that you've been wearing all your life. And Paul said, verse ten, and have put on listen, put off the old man with his deeds in verse ten, and put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 12, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also you also do to them. And above all these things, put on, Charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And let the word of, of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to him and the thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives submit oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to read that. You see, God is saying there's some things that I have to take off and there's some things that I need to put on. Listen, you might get up in the morning and have to take off an attitude 
you might get up in the morning and have to take off an oppression. But when you take that off, put on the love of God. Recognize this morning, guys, that grave clothes to the Christian will rob him or her of the power and the authority that God wants you to have in your life. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? Sister Katie, can you guys come? I know it's uh, probably a little late. But I want to I want you to give me just a few minutes. And I'm going to ask you to to reverence the move of God. If you have to go to the bathroom, then by all means go. If you've got if you're dying and you need to get out before you die, then run on. But if not, give me just a few minutes and reverence God and reverence the one that's standing beside you because listen and I'm going to be honest with you I'm going to be transparent with you I knew and I know and I'm absolutely assured that this was the word for this morning there's no doubt in my mind that this was the word for this day and that God has somebody in this room this morning that needed to hear this message perhaps many in this room that your grave clothes are robbing you first of all you're being robbed of your ability to walk in joy and peace in your own life but your grave clothes are robbing those around you because they're not seeing the true relationship and true experience that God wants them to see through your life because you still wear those same old grave clothes so I'm gonna very discreetly this morning I want you guys just go ahead and, and, and start singing whatever you're gonna sing I believe this morning guys that that God God gives us these words to bring to the forefront of our minds and to reveal to us what's going on in our lives. That's the reason that I'm, I'm saying over and over and over, grave clothes, grave clothes, they're robbing you. They're robbing you. They're stealing the joy. They're stealing the blessing of God out of your life and they're robbing you. And I'm bringing that to the forefront of your mind so that while you're hearing that, you can examine your life and ask yourself the question, am I wearing grave clothes? Am I still wearing the same old clothes? And if you are, then that is God saying to you, I am reaching out to you this morning to try to help you. I'm reaching out to you this morning to try to rescue you, to get you to deal with those thoughts and to deal with the faithlessness and the hopelessness. So if that's you this morning,
step out from where you are, God's going to do the work in your life. Remember this. Remember two things that God said to man to do. Roll away the stone and then loose them and let them go. That comes on my part. God didn't do that. He could have, but he didn't. It was my it, it, it was in my court, Brother Glenn. God said, I can't, I, I can, but I'm not gonna roll away the stone. You roll away the stone. Brother Mike, he said, I could, I could just speak it and those grave clothes fall off, but I'm not gonna do it. You're gonna have to do it. That's where we are this morning. Jesus had spoken into Lazarus' life was there to sustain him way beyond the grave clothes. Father, I come this morning in the name of Jesus. And Father, today, God, I sense in my spirit this morning that there are those that are in this room today. Father, that God, this word has has directly spoke to them, Lord. And, And Father, this morning, I pray for them today, Lord. I pray over their minds. I pray over their spirit. I pray over that bondage in their life. I pray, God, over those grave clothes today. Father, I I cry out this morning, loose them, Father. Lord, let them be loose today in the name of Jesus. Let the power of your anointing come today and, and cause us to see that we need to take those clothes off and lay them to the side, Father, in the name of Jesus.
years, years ago. Amen. 